Welcome to Dev Radio. I'm David Giard, and today I'm speaking with the folks from Cognacess. I have Chris Butt, Boris Altemeyer, and Tree. Gentlemen, how are you? Very well. David. Very good. Thank Very you. well, thank you. Uh, I'd, uh, I'd like to find out exactly what you guys do for Cognacess, um, which, by the way, am I pronouncing that correctly? Yeah, pronouncing that perfectly. Excellent. Uh, I want to start with Tree, because you only have one name, and... Uh, uh, what's, what's wrong with that? Uh, so, I, 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 uh, it's just unusual. <laughs> I call it out. No, no offense taken. That's fine. Um, so, I'm VP Engineering. I am responsible for pretty much everything that's remotely technical, I suppose. So, I, I manage the service, the services, a lot of Azure services, um, the development team, and pretty much any sort of technical liaison that we have with third parties or clients. So that's my job. Excellent. Chris, what do you do? So Dave, I'm the um, founder and CEO of Cognacess. And uh, as you would expect in an early stage business, do probably more than I should be doing, you know, but product development, running the business, uh, doing a lot of sales, customer service stuff. And as we grow, obviously those things will become a little bit more differentiated. But you know, I, I wear lots of hats currently. Me too. Uh, Boris, what's your role? I'm the Chief Scientific Officer, which means I'm the head of the research and development team. So my background is in psychology. I was a lecturer in psychology beforehand. So uh, all the cognitive and psychological assessments that basically form the basis of our system. If you love them or hate them, I'm the one responsible for them. Interesting. I'm actually in Nashville, Tennessee today. Uh, where you guys are in the UK somewhere, right? So we're in Bath, uh, which is west of London, about 100 clicks. Beautiful Georgian Roman town. So we, uh, we we all live and work here. Um, well, most of us do. I should say Morris doesn't, but uh, <laughs> most of us live here. Uh, it's a good place to be working, Dave, because we're surrounded by three or four very good tier one universities. So we get lots of good graduates, developers, scientists. So we don't have to be in London. A lot of our clients are based in London, obviously, as you would expect. Uh, but actually, we, we we save money on the dev side and the science side, being perfectly placed down here. Can you tell me what does Cognosis do? So I'll take that one, gents. Uh, we, we are focused. Well, I, let's let me start with our mission. Our mission is to really help people understand who they are, really understand their talent and potential, and longer term, we want to help democratize human capital. Um, so that means finding the right job, the right career path uh, for people all around the world, so that they maximize their potential. Uh, you know, in the right company organization or anything that they do. So at the, you know, at the crux of what we do is to sort of better understand human performance, human intelligence, and how that plays out in people's lives. And we've started with the obvious area of recruitment, selection, employee performance, because that touches most of us. And we want to really improve how companies select and manage their talent. So are you working for the companies or are you working for the uh, people that are working for companies? Yeah, so we primarily work for organizations and we help them 
do those things that I've just mentioned, so recruit, candidate select, uh, drive employee performance. Our long-term ambition, Dave, is obviously to make the market between those job seekers uh, who can come onto the Cognizance platform and do the things that we'll talk to you about in a second, and then match them to the right or appropriate job or career. But at the moment, we're an enterprise B2B play. We work with large-scale enterprises all the way down to smaller businesses, and that's primarily uh, what we focus on initially with. Okay, so that's where the psychology comes in, is to uh, determine the types of personalities that will match certain uh, types of careers, right? Is that right? That's question for Boris. <laughs> it's, it's not just personality. Personality has always been something that people see as a performance indicator, but we're moving away from that. So we use big data and our machine learning background, machine learning platform, DeepLearn for this. Uh, and we're looking into eight different buckets of performance and behavior. Um, because it's most of the time a bit more than just personality. Interesting. What other factors are there? So overall if we just run through the whole deep learn aspect because deep learn is really what we build our system on. Um, overall when we're looking at who's the right person for the right job and what career a person should probably go into there are a lot of factors we need to take into consideration and we're looking at so much data that for a single analyst or a single HR professional that's just too much data to process so that's where deep learn the machine learning comes in because having so much data available that's really where the technology shines and that's I think where our differentiator lies so deep learn consists of eight separate buckets We've got cognitive performance, we've got social cohesion, and social cohesion includes personality. We've got core skills such as numeracy and literacy, which is still very important for a lot of employers to have a basic level of English, for example. We look into emotion, so that is emotion recognition and how well someone can identify an emotion on someone's face and interact accordingly, which is very important for customer-facing roles. We look into behavior, because there are some things that are not purely cognitive, they are not just personality based. For example, innovation and entrepreneurship, that is something that lies somewhere in between and if we can assess something in a game directly rather than via a proxy, we'll always go that way. We've got workforce data, so we can feed the system with performance data that our clients have about their employees to find out what best actually looks like in each role. And we've got a feedback loop to close the circle there. So as the employers give us feedback how a candidate did in a job, the system becomes smarter. So we always know whether a match that the system has made for a specific job worked out for them or didn't. Is that where you're getting your data from the employers that uh, are your customers? Or uh, you must have started it somewhere else. We've got a lot of data and we've um, linked into other existing databases as well. The key aspect is bringing it all together so on a higher level we can always abstract it for a certain industry or a certain career path but at the end of the day every organization is a little bit different so even if you're looking at the same industry between two competing companies the employees can differ for the same role by quite a margin. Okay. Uh, Tree, can you tell me about the technology you're using to execute this deep learning? Absolutely. So we obviously have some standard websites that we, we run um, for both the, the client and um, any, any of the candidates that they have coming through. Um, but the underlying technology is primarily SQL Server and um, SBNOT 
.NET Core Web API. So that's where where all the all our data is coming through. Um, but what we use to do most of our work is within Azure. So um, we are looking, we're using a lot of the cognitive services, especially for um, analysis of video. So we've got, we're using a whole range of the services. So the face API, the emotion API, computer vision, um, speech. So we're look, looking at uh, extracting uh, keywords as much as we can from, from video. Um, and we're actually making quite a lot of uh, progress in actually extracting meaningful uh, properties from from those media as well. So we've got a lot of um, pre-built uh, algorithms that we're running within the database, but we also push things out into machine learning workspaces um, to actually get uh, further uh, gleanings that we can't do ourselves, and the data, uh, the data scientists we have here, obviously, are going over it with a fine-tooth comb to find more meaning within the data. So, uh, some of it is manual, some of it is machine machine-driven, and a lot of it is now built into the system. So we're we're kind of enriching as we go along. So um, the stack is relatively simple, but um, the the benefits to us of using the Azure services. Are, Obviously, we use some of the, the main services like virtual machines and app services, but what we're really getting uh, a kickstart out of is the cognitive services, the media indexes um, that are available. And, uh, you know, they are high up there as, you know, amongst the best in, in category. So we're, we're, we're really getting a lot out of that at the moment. I've, I've, I've personally, I've been working at, um, to extract an awful lot of data out of um, our historical videos and texts um, for we'll be looking at some CV data as well um, some purely written text um, but the, our videos are particularly relevant here because that there's they're structured quite cleanly it's it's a face to video a face to camera and uh, quite specific questions quite short videos so we're actually getting enormous value from the cognitive services, especially face API and the emotion API, um, and extracting the speech to text, um, those those are really giving us a a, a good kick um, of enriching what we know about those people. We're doing a lot more. We're actually working. Um, we're we're talking to to the team, the actual development team, um, this week about uh, more than yeah yeah, and tomorrow. In fact, about uh, what we can do more than what we've done now. We've we got some we got some ideas, and uh, it's quite exciting. Um, and uh, I think there's going to be a a lot more we we'll we'll find in, in the videos that we do. And we've got a lot more to kind of refine in terms of how we um, get people to uh, express themselves to video, and uh, so we can understand more about them as a human, not just about the purely analytical, but I mean, the, the value that we get from the cognitive and emotional are, are, are incredibly important as well. But a lot of people will say, well, that's not just, that's not the person, that's not the only bits of the person. And what we're actually trying to do is round out um, that data that we've got about them to, to the more human aspects, the more kind of, well, they're all human aspects, obviously, but the more can I, um, meaningful. Can I, add to, can, can I add to that? Tree, Dave, uh, on, on that sure. point, it, it's worth noting that there's an election in the UK at the moment. Uh, there's an election next week. 
general election and we are doing some work looking at political or politicians their faces analyzing their text and their sentiment from some set piece speeches so we've done this actually with Donald Trump and Obama in the US election and we're going to be uh, rolling this out only for one week before the election and we're looking at all the politicians and how they're interacting and creating an indice or a set of indexes around positivity expressiveness, sentiment, meaning, those sorts of things. So it's really a demonstration, actually, for fun, in a way, but it okay. demonstrates the power of the tools that we're doing more generally for our clients. I'd be interested in seeing those results. There is a general feeling in the U.S., at least, that uh, the, um, the dialogue has become more negative in politics in the last few years. Uh, but if you could quantify that, I think that might either validate or uh, correct the assumptions of yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think it would be interesting to see. We're looking at this at the four or five main political leaders in the UK, analyzing their speeches, looking at the way that they interact with the general public. Is what they're saying meaningful, believable? Does it provide confidence? You know, is it, you know, whatever the index is, you know, we 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 want to try and extract meaning from it. And it's a difficult process, actually. Natural language processing is complex, and no one's really got the measure of it, but we, we think we can combine something to the things that we already know about human performance and, and provide some interaction with, uh, you know, with our tools. Trey, you mentioned that you're using Azure. Are, are you using any of the machine learning tools built into Azure, or is it all custom? We're certainly using um, the machine learning workspaces. We've, we've done a number of experiments with them and we've been looking at integrating with them via API so that we can actually run uh, specific models um, over time repeatedly um, with different data. And so that's that's definitely where, where we're looking at, at the future. Um, we're looking at also that one of the things I saw recently that was quite exciting about um, SQL Server is, is the integration with uh, Python running within the within the server, and that is going to be something that I'm looking forward to um, trialing once it gets onto um, Azure. Um, at the moment, it's, it's still on the standalone, but uh, I'd love to see that um, come up. Um, we're obviously doing an awful lot of offline work because we we we, we simply have um, you know great great guys who are who are working through Python and R here, and um, they like to do the way they they they're used to, I suppose. But um, yes, I mean the 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 integration that I, the benefits that I, I see from the machine learning uh, workspace. We're not we're not using um, any sort of the big data tools like um, HD Insight yet. Um, we have a num we, we have quite a large data set there, but uh, you know we're we're feeling that that what we're using at the moment with within um, SQL Server Azure um, is is plenty for what we're our needs at the moment. In in, in that sense, we, we you know we've got data in the in the billions of data points, um, but you know not hundreds of, of billions yet. So I think we're 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 happy with our with our model now. We'll we'll move out to other tools later on, I think. How about frameworks for the deep learning? Like, are you using CNTK at all, for example? Yeah, we've we, we've looked at it, and and uh, Ryan, who's our who's our lead data scientist here, he's uh, he's spent a lot of time looking at that and a whole range of the other um, tools. I forget the names of now. Um, he he uses pandas quite a lot um, for his. Um, 
his models um and uh what's the other i forgot i can't remember it's one of those things i <laughs> i leave him to most of the time it's uh but there's a, there's a lot of um different frameworks out there for for python especially and uh we experiment with them quite quite regularly one of the benefits of that is obviously that we can then build reports in uh power which is another one of our projects which are which we're kicking off at the moment uh to further enrich what we provide to our customers where we're doing consulting. So there's a there's a whole range of um, science going on and what tools we use are, are quite specific to the jobs quite often. It depends very much on what, what data coming through is. It's, some of it is coming purely from us and some of it is coming from the client and then it all, what what's the best thing to funnel that data in? Sometimes it, it's machine learning workspaces and sometimes it's just a custom built box somewhere that we uh, we feed into our database or or just into the process that they're using. Interesting. Uh, Chris, you're the founder of the company. Can you tell me what got you interested into this problem space and turning it into a business? Do you, do you want the long version, Dave, or the short version? <laughs> Whatever you're comfortable with. So we, I, I have always had a, an interest in uh, the fact that people are often written off far too early in their life. And uh, in the UK particularly, we have a test at 11 called the 11 plus, which is essentially an IQ test, which uh, puts people in one bucket or another. And we know from the science and the neuroscience that we do and, you know, all the work that's been done over the last 20, 30 years, the brain is very plastic, it's changeable. To make decisions about which bucket you go into at age 11 is just frankly ridiculous. Uh, I mean, Perhaps you, you could make an argument that you shouldn't make any of those decisions at particular ages or cutoff points. So I've always been interested in the fact that people are often written off uh, too early in their life. And yet everybody has a brain. They have great talent and potential. It's often the way that we seek to measure it. And traditional schools generally look at the wrong things these days. So for, for the jobs of today and tomorrow, the sort of skills that are required are very different from just learning how to pass a math test or, you know, pass an English test or, you know, remember some geography. You know, knowledge is important. There's no question about that. And we don't do the knowledge bit. We're more interested in how you access that knowledge at a brain level and how it, how it works into a job or a career. So I think my interest has always been that there must be a better way of solving this issue and frankly, still using IQ as a means of understanding performance, talent, potential is, is frankly, you know, absurd. Uh, jobs require emotion, behavior, sentiment, collaboration, uh, you know, a whole different set of performance indicators. So that got me started. We did a piece of work just very quickly about 10 or 15 years ago with the England rugby team. Uh, and they went on to win the World Cup and we particularly focused on cognitive pressure. So which players were more likely to make mistakes in a critical moment of a test match rugby. Hmm. And, you know, we know that cognition, some jobs, is incredibly important. So that got me thinking if we can measure cognition and we can measure other things, why not broaden our understanding of human performance? Why not build a platform to start measuring these, these things more uh, comprehensively uh, so that we can avoid the 11-plus situation of putting people into the wrong bucket? That's probably a bit answer, Dave. <laughs> that's not the full. Well, that's great. So that it's encouraging to a late bloomer like myself. 
It is, absolutely. I really didn't find my path until I was about 30 years old, so uh, 11 years old is way too young to figure it out. Absolutely, and I, I spent five years in insurance thinking, why am I in insurance? It was completely the wrong sector, completely the wrong job. I wasted five years of my human capital, if you want to call it that, and I could have been doing something far more interesting and useful for, for me, for society, for a job, of a company, etc., etc. So that's, that's really the basis. And I, I'm not saying we've got all the answers either. It's a massive issue. The brain is hugely complex. We are scratching at the surface, but we're attempting to scratch at the surface. Uh, how was uh, the, the industry responded? How was your business doing? Well, we, you know, it's taken us a, a good period of time, actually, just to get the things into a fit state to measure the right thing. So we've spent three to four years really building out the platform validating our assessments. We have 40 now on the platform. Each of those has to go through a validation process. So for us, you know, because investment in the UK is less, uh, I should say, a bit tighter in terms of, you know, raising money than it is in the US, we've, we've really focused our efforts on getting the platform right rather than accessing the marketplace. Now we're doing, the, you know, accessing the marketplace. So we've got a very good end-to-end -end product. Uh, we've got probably a dozen, two dozen clients of varying sizes. So we're now getting traction in the marketplace. Our biggest client uh, is the hotels group IHG. We work with Volkswagen. We've done some work with Uber uh, at the enterprise scale level. And then we work with companies, you know, 500 headcount, you know, 1,000 headcount. So it's not always the super big companies that we work with. Um, so, you know, business is gaining traction. Uh, and I suppose, the, you know, to answer your question sort of directly, there is a bit of latency in the marketplace for these tools. But we know that in the next five or ten years that most people will be looking at data to make more objective decisions about their folk, about their people, uh, and just using a CV and shuffling a CV uh, to make you know, decisions about which job you should do is, is, is frankly with, with the birds. I mean, the reliability is around 0.2. We want to get reliability up to 0.7, 0.8, you know, never be one. Uh, but we want to move the needle so it's sufficiently accurate and objective. Uh, but that will take five or ten years, we think, for the market to be really mature or, or start to mature in the way that we think. Oh, I hope so. That's good for companies. That's good for employees as well. Completely. Absolutely. And, and you know, the point that we spoke about earlier, at some point we want to make the market and be an attractive platform for consumers, for job seekers, rather like going to LinkedIn. They can come to Cognosys or we work with LinkedIn and API, some of our tools. Uh, they do our assessments, our games, and we can provide an objective set of data points to match against the jobs that we have on our platform. So Dave, you might do a couple of games, and we could say, you're perfectly suited to these 10 jobs all around the world. Who, who do you want to be introduced to? Because actually you fit their profile. And we think that could uh, you know, be enormously beneficial. It's one, it's, there's, a, there's a point that's worth noting. There's, in, I think 2025, there will be 260 million uh, graduates who have gone through higher education globally. That's a, a huge talent pool of people who are agile, well-educated, uh, who will be looking for jobs. And really that's a marketplace, that 18 to 30-year-old marketplace where we see enormous potential for our tools. Uh, so that's the one we're sort of uh, really lasering in on. Excellent. Can you tell me a little bit about your relationship with Microsoft? So I'll take the first bit and perhaps Tree takes uh, and, and Boris take the second parts to the sort of technical aspect of the relationship. But we went through the Accelerator Dave in 2014 in London. It was the first cohort that went through in the London uh, Accelerator program. 
So we've had a relationship with Microsoft going back to 2014. It was really when we started to build our beta version. So that's really the creation of the business, although it happened a little bit before then. Um, and I have always taken the approach that um, building the relationship long term with Microsoft is good for us. Actually, there's no question. The largest B2B enterprise play, it makes sense for us to get as close to Microsoft as possible. We happened to use .NET stack originally, so it made sense to continue using those tools. I've been incredibly impressed, and I don't just say this, I've been around the block a few times. You know, I'm older than quite a few early stage startup companies. I've had businesses in the past where, an, where the ecosystem, ecosystem didn't exist as it does in the tech space today. So I've taken full advantage whilst that's on offer. So the programs, the mentorship, uh, the BizSpark programs that we've taken advantage of and so on and so forth. And recently that's culminated in a trip out to Seattle to meet uh, Satya, Scott Guthrie, the senior exec team. There were the 14 CEOs that went out on a global roadshow. So we're quite privileged actually to be in that situation. So we don't take anything for granted. And uh, if Microsoft are offering us some great tools, we want to take advantage and use them. So that's from, you know my take. It's been very successful. Tree, you might have a slightly different view on the tech side. Well, purely from from the tech side, I mean, it's actually more on the support side. I think I think what what Microsoft have given us is an incredible. Um, kick start again with helping us every time I have a question about what's going on with this Azure thing, are you adding this new feature? I, I've been, because we have a, a, a great uh, service package, so we're using the, um, uh, the support for startup package that, that is available. I, I'm not sure how widely available it is, but um, what we effectively get is, is a pro support package and I, I drop a question, I drop a, a support ticket in and I get a, I get a call within minutes. It's, it's, just, it's just awesome. It's just so great to be able to kind of talk to, talk to a guy who's knowledgeable and uh, on top of that we, we've obviously got, because we're part of a sponsorship package now as well with uh, Microsoft, we get uh, tens of thousands of dollars worth of uh, Azure time and we've really been using that really really been using it we've, we're, we're actually running low again um, now um, and the the benefits for us of just being able to kind of really use whatever we need um, means we don't we're not scrimping and saving like a lot a lot of startups have to worry about exactly how much money they're spending on their servers and they're just focusing purely on their development. What we're able to do is is to share our development effectively with Microsoft via their services, via um, their support. It, we're, we're getting, you know, I, I, I can't I can't say just how useful it has been. It's been it's it's been brilliant for us. It's just a, a delight to to have that kind of ecosystem to work in. Well, that's great. I, I really like the what you guys are doing, I like the service you're providing to employers and to employees and to potential employees as well. Can I just add one extra thing about, about the the the, uh, the support that, that we get? And and um, and I think this this is this is possibly why it's so it's so useful is that we are actually giving back to Microsoft as well in terms of the fact that we're doing something slightly different, something um, amongst their new services, like co cognitive services. I, I really feel like we're actually, and I actively try and do this, I actively try and provide feedback about the services, comments, um, questions that will help the development team and help 
as your hopefully the strategy going forward. So, um, yeah, that's 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 my, me. My experience is the development teams love that feedback. They want to find out what you're using, what you're not using, what works, what doesn't work, what features are missing, and yeah, they 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 seek that out. If if I may just quickly add something to that as well, just linking it back to the marketplace, I think our relationship with Microsoft is absolutely crucial given the kind of market we are looking at. Because a lot of the HR professionals who are ultimately using our system and making the decisions about using our system and the implementation, it's not that they don't like the technology. A lot of the stuff that we can do now with the help of Microsoft, with the emotion recognition, with machine learning, the computer vision, or the very fast data processing, a lot of them are not aware that it exists. So we can actually go to the clients and when we say, we can do this, we can profile videos of your applicants and we can tell from their facial expressions how positive they are or how engaged they are. They think it's utopian, but thanks to that with Microsoft and the collaboration, we can actually show that. Or when we are working with uh, one of the projects we did with race drivers, can you analyze three million data points that are created in 10 minutes and include brainwave data from the drivers. Sounds oh, wow. utopian, but we can do it. Wow. That's, I have, I'd like to see that experiment. That sounds really fascinating. <laughs> it is very good fun. And it is, I have to say, it, it gives an insight that was beforehand, before the technology had reached this point, at the collaboration space had reached this point. It, it was there from a theoretical background, from a psychological background, but without a technology, it would have been impossible. But now, yeah. science have set it up. Yeah. Uh, where can people find out more about Cognosis? Well, they can come to our website, Dave, Cognosis.com. Um, they can call us on our number, which I can never remember. <laughs> so come to us in Cognosis.com. That's probably the best place. We, you know, we do have partners in other countries. So we have representatives from Australia distributing our product in the Netherlands, in Ireland, in Israel. Uh, we are looking to uh, we're looking to the North American market uh, to enter that space. So we'll be looking at partnerships there. You know, we've got a big task ahead of us, and obviously how we scale our company is going to be part through integration with Dynamics 365 and integration plays like that, and partly through distributors, partner resellers, um, through the go-to-market strategy that Microsoft can help us with, but also through partners on the ground, boots on the ground in terms of getting Cognosis out there. So those are the markets we've tended to focus on initially, but we are multi-language ready. So the big opportunities are not just in North America, actually it's still the single biggest market for us in terms of you know, revenue generation perhaps, but actually China, India, just because of their volume and the fact there's no orthodoxy around assessment and testing and the sorts of tools, they are much more open to the things that we are you know, doing. Um, and obviously, you know, the student population in India is into the tens of millions. You know, in China is many more than that or whatever the number is. So, you know, we're a volume play, a little bit like Microsoft. We want to work with every single individual within that company, not just the senior managers or the top student, but every person. So, you know, potentially we could be used by 7 billion people globally. You know, that's our marketplace. And those markets in India, China represent huge opportunity for us. So we're looking east as well as west. And actually being in the UK is quite good for that. You know, we've got a culture which looks both ways. Well, Chris, Boris Tree, I really appreciate your time. This has been fascinating. Thank you for watching Dev Radio.